Welcome to the Blip Podcast, and thank you for joining us. Today, I got a chance to speak with Dave Jackson, owner of Jackson Insurance Group and founder of IAOA, which is a closed Facebook group with over 5,000 members. They're all independent insurance agency owners. It's pretty unique. Because of his decades of experience and his role with IAOA, he gets the opportunity to talk to a lot of people who are considering starting an insurance agency. I thought this information might be helpful for anyone in that position, so let's get into it. All right. Well, we are live. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us. My name is Josh Berg. Um, I have Dave Jackson on with me today. Dave is the owner of Jackson Insurance Group and he's founder of the IAOA Facebook group. And there's a lot more behind that too. But um, today we are talking about basically should you or what to expect if you started an independent insurance agency. So Dave, thank you so much for being with me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. We survived yeah. the Facebook for Facebook yesterday being down worldwide. Can you yeah. imagine? That was never. wild. Totally wild. I mean, I've never seen something like that. It doesn't seem like anybody has. I think that's like the mm -hmm. biggest issue probably they've ever had. But mm -hmm. yeah, we were supposed to. This was supposed to happen yesterday. So we had to postpone it to today. Um, but so I don't know that I've ever actually said this specifically, but the way the format of this show, the way that I do it is I go Facebook live once a week, try to do it on Wednesdays at noon with a guest. And then I'll take that and I'll um, upload that to YouTube and I'll take the audio and upload the audio to all the different podcast channels. So if you're listening to this on, on the actual podcast, it, you might have had some questions like, you know, where is this originating from? Because it doesn't, it's not like a flow, like a normal podcast. So anyway, I go Facebook live and then I take that audio and push it out on a different podcast channel. So um, anyway, yes, super excited to have Dave with me today. Dave, somebody I've been wanting to have on for a while because um, he's like, he's one of the people who's on the very front end um, has a ton of knowledge. To, you have decades of experience in the insurance industry, right, Dave? 40 years this July. Yep. Four, four, zero. Four, zero. Yep. Holy moly. So, 79, um, 1979. You do remember that year? That, uh -huh. I, I do remember that <laughs> year. Oh, sure. In your history books. <laughs> the year I was born, 79. Serious? Yeah, serious. Um, I'm creeping up on 40. Man. It is. Yeah. I'm feeling it too. I get a little, uh, a little more achy in the mornings. Um, can't go as far as I used to anyway. Um, so anyway, Dave, I've, um, I've had people reach out to me, um, a lot more recently, but in the past I've had people reach out to me and ask me, um, you know, Hey, I, I was thinking about doing this, starting an, an independent agency. I know you're doing it. You seem to be doing it successfully. Can I pick your brain or can you give me some advice on it? And uh, I think more than once I've connected Dave with those people because be in his role, he so he he is a um, founder, co-founder of IAOA, which yeah, is I'm this. The, I'm the original founder, yeah. The original founder. Okay, Dave's mm -hmm. the original founder. And there's over 5,000 independent insurance agency owners, which is unique. Um, 
It's the only Facebook group that I know of that's only for independent agency owners. Is that right? As far as I know, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's done really well. Um, if you are an owner and you're not in that group, you need to reach out soon. Um, but anyway, because Dave deals with all these independent owners, he's got, and he's got all this experience, he's got a unique um, position to be able to help and advise and talk with people who are considering getting into the business. So he's somebody I've been wanting to have on for a long time. And uh, I've been just talking for quite a bit now. So I want to get Dave in on this. Um, let's just get started in it, Dave. What do you think is the number one challenge for somebody who is considering or, or is starting an independent insurance agency? So not a day goes by. I get a request from somebody to answer questions about any aspect of agency ownership on the independent side. And the one thing I hear more than anything else from newbies is when I ask them about their business plan and I get a glassy eyed look, right? Like, uh, what? They no one, not, I should never say absolutes, no one, very few have written a business plan prior to uh, getting into business, yeah. which to me just blows my mind how, how you go about doing that. Um, there's a few exceptions. I can tell you one, IOA was an exception. That wasn't planned. Um, but most people get into business as an insurance agency owner and they plan it, you know, but they do, unfortunately, they do a poor job of planning it. So I ask them about their business plan. You know, what does your business plan say you should be doing? Don't have an answer. <laughs> so you, number one challenge is writing that business plan prior to opening your door. Do That's you have, so, okay. So um, rewind 10 years ago or whenever we started Blue Lion, we did not have a business plan. It was there just- you go. How many people do? It's crazy. Yeah. Feet hit the ground, running, gunning, doing as much as you can, working as hard as you can, many hours and, and whatnot. Um, I actually, so I've had to, to, to write a business plan since then and revise it quite a few times because a lot of carriers that you're going after will say, oh, I need to see your business plan, whatever. And so right. people will do a quick Google search, pull, pull a template, adjust some yeah. things, right? And send yeah. it off. So, yeah. and I've done that. I, I'm guilty of that for sure. But um, there's such a huge value in having an actual plan. I mean, there's so many things in life that you don't, you would never go do without planning it out, right? You wouldn't just go on vacation without a plan. Why would you ever start a business without a plan? I did it and a lot of people do, but it's just stupid. So it can be done. You've proven it. And there are people who have proven it can be done, but it would be a whole lot easier yeah. for them if they had planned it in advance of, so here's here's what I tell people. So you have a name, right? For your agency. Yep, got an app all figured out. That was the biggest challenge. Because sometimes it's the DOI in your state, you know, that has something to say about that, the name of your agency. So that's one of the first things people start thinking about is okay, if I did do this, what name would I use? Right. So um for where do you go the next place? You go to Google. Okay, is this name taken? Is that name taken? How would my URL look for my agency and GoDaddy for the domain? And I said, okay, so you plan that part out, but you didn't plan how you were going to manufacture leads or develop business um, and that, or go get carrier appointments and 
what hardware software you would need, you know, and how you were going to be set up virtually, home-based, uh, you know, shared office space, whatever, co-share, co however you're going to set up it originally. And that's the part they're like, um, yeah, and carrier appointments is a really big one. So mm -hmm. we can talk about that too. But um, why they don't write a business plan is beyond me. Um, I've never done it without a business plan, except for IOA, and that was just a fluke. And that can happen, I suppose. You know, you can, a lot of people turn their hobbies into businesses. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of a fluke, but still, well, in that case, you kind of have a track to run on because you've been doing it. But a lot of folks have some sort of experience in the in insurance industry, whether it be from a producer side or, you know, service side or claims or underwriting or in, in, any aspect uh, of uh, role or role in the industry. And they think they want to go into sales because it looks glamorous. It looks lucrative. And let's just do it. And boom, I go find a name, I open my door and I'm off and running. And now what do I do? So that's what I hear from a lot of folks. What do you think, um, as far as the actual business plan, um, what do you think is the biggest piece of that or are the biggest pieces of that that somebody who's looking at doing that should, should focus on? Carrier access. Carrier so, access. yeah, before you even think about that, you got to think about what's your agency going to look like? You know, I know a lot of guys in Southern, in California, they're non-standard auto only. Um, that's not my cup of tea. I'm preferred uh, and more personal, quite a bit more personal than commercial. I know lots of guys who are commercial only and they go after some are small account, some are niche, some are medium, some are large account, you know, types of businesses. So um, what, what are you looking to, how are you looking to build your agency? That's going to determine your carrier access and who you want to attract uh, for an appointment. Uh, and that's where I hear from a lot of them. So give me, well, let me give you an example. This was probably last summer sometime. I got a call, want to pick your brain kind of call. And he says, I'm having a hard time getting appointments. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, this is personal lines preferred, mind you. Okay, so it's not niche where it's unique. It's not like non-standard where you only have so many players. It's personal preferred, where there's a lot of players. Yep. So I asked this guy, and he's on the East Coast, and I asked him, if, if you're having a hard time getting appointments, who are you going after? Well, I would really like to have this one or that one. Um, I just need to add some more. It was a general answer. Yeah. Like add some more. That's a bad answer. So who, who are you losing business to? When you quote someone, you do get a chance to quote, who are you losing to? A, B, or C? I'm not going to name carrier names, but if you're losing to A, carrier A, carrier B, and C consistently, those are probably the guys that you need in your holster, right? Yeah. To go against the other agents who already have them. So yep. you need to know one, two, and three. You can go four, five, six if you want, but you need to least know one, two, and three. Who are the top competitors? Now, that's going to change in six months or a year or whenever. But for now, for you to write business, because what's the name of the game? You need to write new business. You don't have renewals of service. So it's all about new business. So you need the best three-gun show you can find because your competition is going to kill you every time. Yeah. And they don't even, it's amazing to me. They don't even think that way. 
I'm like, okay, so here's what you do. You can find all this out if you don't already know. You should know. It's mind-boggling me that guys open their doors without knowing who the competition is or who they need from a carrier standpoint. So make some mystery calls. In two hours from now, if you make some mystery calls into independent brokers in your area and ask for quotes, you're going to find out in two hours from now what three carriers you're going to need. Yep. It's that easy to do. Yep. Oh, oh, really? Okay. So yes, we'll do that. Call me tomorrow. Let's talk. Then we can figure out a strategy for going after carrier ABC. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, you know, that the business plan is definitely something you should have to start off, but it's going to be something that gets revised as a, as a good business owner. Like you're going to be revising that plan as things change. Non-stop. Non-stop, right? Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, what do you say? Uh, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And then, yeah. but in our case, you know, you get punched in the mouth, you can actually revise that and keep going. It's not, it's not as daunting. You get punched in the mouth every week. So, you know, go to plan B if, if A is <laughs> not working. So yeah, you're going to revise it constantly. constantly. Yep. Um, so um, Andy Priestman watching this, he, um, he threw out a shout out to you, said, Captain Dave, thanks for all you do. And I think, you know, I just wanted a little segue here because, you know, you do a ton, man. I know there's other people that are also involved and whatnot, but the amount that you've given to the independent insurance industry is pretty impressive. So just wanted to, to in the middle here, give you huge kudos for that. Because I'll say this, before I found IAOA, um, there was, you know, there was a different mindset that I had. I used to look at other agents as competition, you know, as opposed to people that I could actually be friends with and collaborate and, right. and grow with, and definitely had more of a scarcity mindset than an abundance mindset. That's one of the huge things I would say that I, IAOA has given me. So anyway, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, thank you. Yeah. Um, moving on to, uh, maybe the next piece is, so what, what, so if, if having a business plan is kind of your first question or asking somebody about that, what would be number two? What's next down the line? Okay. So within the business plan, they should have had the care access question answered. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so that doesn't come up three months after they've opened their agency, which blows my mind, but that's, those are the yeah. kinds of calls I get every day. Not every day, but when I do, it's it's nuts to me. So that should have already happened. Uh, and then the second thing, um, during the business plan phase, not necessarily after opening, but you need to be set up properly in terms of legality, in, mm -hmm. in terms of accounting, all those kinds of things. Because if you make mistakes on the front end like that, it's going to hurt you down the road. So you need a good attorney who knows something about insurance not a divorce, divorce lawyer, or, you know, somebody who's in business right. acumen, knows business acumen and contracts in particular, because you might be signing uh, office lease or carrier contracts. And before you put your name on those, on those sometimes page after page after page documents, you need to know what you're signing up for mm -hmm. and understand it. You may be fine with it, but you should understand it before you sign. So a good attorney and a good CPA, you have to have both. Um, and a CPA can be your best friend. They can make you money. Um, they generally don't cost you money. Although 
I don't know how many people look at the, you know, oh my gosh, a bill, I can do my own tax return. Uh, it's, no, it's not about a tax return. It's, it's about, because that's part of it, but that's a real small part of it. It's about, you know, which expenses you should be taking on in a given year, which um, expenses you should not. So that's the kind of person that you should be relying on, a CPA, to ask, should I be spending this kind of money or that kind of money? And they should be able to give you an honest answer and tell you that no, never, or yes, but not now, maybe later or whenever. Um, and the attorney should get you set up. You know, it's going to vary state by state. You've seen it in IOA. I know, Josh. Um, hey, does anybody have a template for yeah. a for a producer contract? I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh, no, no. <laughs> in Arizona, you know how much different that contract looks than from the state of New York. Yeah. It can be night and day. You can't take a template or Google it and grab a template and go think you're just going to hire somebody and have them sign it. Don't do that. That's 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 a bad practice. So. CPA and attorney is number two. Cool. Um, yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Wholeheartedly. No um, one disagrees, but a lot of folks look at the price tag and think, ah, I can skate by that. Mm, don't do it. It's the best money I'll ever spend. Speaking of price tag, so what, like, what sort of advice or, or what side of what sort of questioning do you? go line of questioning do you go down as far as um money like mm -hmm. i'm sure that's a big piece right that's probably why most people want to start an independent agency is to make money out of it but to make right. money you've probably got to have something saved or you know at least be planning for a few months of being super lean right um yeah. so yeah what question what questions do you ask about that if if any well, that, again, that's all part of the business plan. If they're, if they're thinking this through properly, you know, a business plan should include a spreadsheet showing income and expense. So are you going to have income in week, excuse me, month one? Probably slim. Yeah. Uh, you know, commissions don't get paid uh, except on a delayed basis, maybe the next month, uh, maybe. And renewals aren't going to be around for probably six or 12 months. So, um, you're going to have some money, you need some money in the bank, you need some savings or, you know, would I advocate going into debt, like charging things on credit cards? No, you know, but you read stories about them every day, right? All kinds yeah. of business guys like, uh, I made millions and millions of dollars and how did I start out? Yeah, I maxed out all my credit cards. Like, right. Yeah, that's one out of thousands maybe who made that work. So yeah. it's not not advisable, you know, don't go that route. If it if you're in that boat, postpone it. Wait till you're not in that boat, and you've got something in savings that's going to get you by. Now, everybody's situation is different. Some have working spouses who can make it work, you know, and don't need a ton of money in the bank to get started, and have benefits and everything else that a working spouse might provide. And that's terrific if you got that situation. Some are single, single folks, you know, you don't have that. So I don't have that opportunity. So um, you have to figure out what's right for you and stay lean in terms of expenses. The first several months, you know, there's been a real popular uh, catchphrase in the last couple of few years, shiny object. Oh my yep. gosh, they're all over the place. There'll be a shiny object that'll catch your eye. And you'll think, man, I, 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 
not sure if I should spend the money, but it sure looks good. Yeah. And so you bite the bullet and you spend money and they put on a credit card. And before you know it, oh, that was a flop. So, um, yeah, there's lots of things you can spend money on, but it's all got to funnel into one thing. And that's, is it going to make me money in the first six months? So that means it's all about sales, 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 sales. I've got to sell policies as much as possible. New business production is your lifeline. So you've got to ramp up that. So it's all got to focus around that. So um, talking about that sales, do you, um, do you find that most people you talk to have a realistic expectation of what sales are going to look like, where the business is going to come from and, and like prospecting for, for it? Do they have a real expectation? No a, a way. realistic? No. Realistic? No way. So here's what they should be doing. Um, and this is one good thing I will tell you that the captive carriers do. They require their um, aspirants, their um, prospects for agents to create a three-year, 36-month spreadsheet. That spreadsheet's going to list month by month, number of policies sold, average premium, total and you know this is just in general there's details all of it and then expense side you know they'd like to do their own expense model and that's fine but however you see your expenses laying out whatever it might be eno insurance you know gl if you got that kind of thing to to put out um, but all your expenses um and uh you know, it could be a rater, for example, you need a comparative rater. And so what, how much am I going to have to spend? That's a subscription. So you're going to pay a software subscription, you know, or maybe you do need new hardware, new, new laptop or new computer um, to get going, you know, because what you have is inadequate. Whatever it is that you need on the expense side, you lay all that out month to month to month. So it's a, a projection. It's nothing but a projection. It doesn't, it isn't likely you're going to hit any of those on the nose. You're, those are all going to average, and then you're going to put actual in. These are what I budgeted for. These are the actual ones that I sustained. And then you compare the difference, and that'll give you, if you do just that without the marketing component of how I'm going to get business, you're way steps ahead of what a lot of guys do. So Yeah. Do you, um, do you when you're talking about, prospecting specifically with new people are there people who have um off the wall ideas that you're like um i know you think that maybe but that's not gonna happen oh yeah i'm you and i are here in arizona it gets kind of hot in the summer right yeah 115 no every you know every year sometimes yeah. 120 it's hot i'm gonna go door to door knocking okay great what what's your start date june 1 yeah I'm like, oh my gosh, really? That's your strategy? So, you know, crazy things like that. Um, probably not advisable. It's like yeah. opening uh, in an ice cream store in North Dakota uh, on December 1. You know, it's kind of like that, right? Yeah. So a little more strategic. Let's think this through a little better. And how are you going to go about if door knocking? You know, great. I know um, you may know Troy Thompson in Minnesota. Oh, he, yeah. still, he door knocks. It's not everybody's cup of tea. It's definitely not. Yeah. But you can make it work and you enjoy it and you love meeting people. I'm not, I, I'll never judge anybody for doing it. So I, I, think it's, I think it's awesome. But 
you know, 99 out of 100 are probably not going to choose that route first yeah. off. So um, choose what makes sense for you. Um, you. What you do and what I do could be completely different in terms of how we go about uh, networking or making contacts. I use social media a lot. I'm an older guy, but when social media came on the scene, uh, you know, I went into business, I'm old enough to know, remember and know that I was in business prior to the internet. Okay. Yeah. You may, you know, may remember those days and a lot of newer folks that don't know the world without the internet, but once social media come, came on board, I was definitely open-minded. Um, my job is to get in front of people and talk to them. Right. That's yep. how sales typically works. Right. Now, does it mean face to face? Not always. You know, we have this thing now with the internet called email. So I can email folks. Now we have social media. So I get in front of people that way and a million other ways. Not a million, but a whole bunch of other ways. Um, so um, use what's at your disposal to get out there and make as many contacts as you have. My goal was 10 a day. I needed to make 10 new contacts a day from the first day I started. And if I had 11, keep going, I wouldn't stop. You know, I keep going because tomorrow uh, I'm going to only hit seven or yeah. six or something less than 10. So, yeah. And you've had, I mean, we were just talking before we went live about this, that you've started agencies in new states where you didn't really know anybody. Yeah. Right. So my independent agency was my fourth agency that I started all four of her from scratch. The first two were all state agencies, one in Iowa, sold that to the company, relocated to Nebraska, started from scratch there, didn't know a soul. I opened up a storefront, retail storefront in Omaha, Nebraska, my second agency. And because that's what they want you to do, all state and most of the captives. And uh my in-laws lived there and i might have known three other people that was it yeah in a town of about a half a million so what do you do you get out there you meet people you just meet people so i'm a big fan of networking face to face if that's um uh an option for you in your area it depends on where you are you know i'm in i'm mostly been in metro areas big cities but if you're rural you know um probably people already know you rural small communities but um it, everybody's going to have a different a different um process and a different approach yeah but, uh, something you just talked about and you touched about a on it a little bit earlier um but in in somebody's business plan how important is it on the expenses to have um have like physical storefront for somebody who's new who's starting and let me ask you that in this context too um so there's some people will go um, underneath another agency or, you know, under an aggregator or a cluster or something along those lines. And that might limit the requirements put on them by, um, by LexisNexis. You know, right, if, right. if you're, if you're not in the insurance industry, you probably don't know who they are, but, they would um, mm -hmm. but um, somebody who's starting and going directly to get appointments, you know, directly with carriers, are you able to start? An, an agency or get those appointments or get LexisNexis to give you those downloads without having a physical location? Well, you have to have a physical location, but the question is, are they going to accept home-based? Right. You want to be that way? And the answer to that is most, mostly not. They will not accept home-based. So what do guys do? Well, they'll go use a co-sharing space and if you have, because they physically come out and visit you. Yeah. Uh, 
for the most part, not everybody, but for the most part. Uh, so if you have to actually meet, you'd have to meet there. So, or you could have an office, you know, share uh, a desk even in a mortgage lender's office or a realtor's office or something like that. Um, but if you got to make it look permanent, you can't just like, oh, we're going to meet, meet at XYZ Realty and that's my office, you know, and, and they let you use their conference room. No, that's probably not going to work. So you've got to make it appear this is your permanent presence. Uh, residency, you know, for business and, and not be home based because uh, you need that Lexus Nexus uh, wand of approval to get your carrier appointments and the downloads. So, um, and again, that's also going to vary. I know a good friend of mine who uh, opened up an agency and like he used a co sharing space and turned out Lexus Nexus, gave him approval and never did come visit. Yeah. So, wow. It doesn't always required but you need to prepare for it definitely something to consider if you're thinking of starting an agency right yeah, totally. and if you yeah look up lexus nexus if you don't know what it is reach yeah. out to me or dave yeah. we'll let you know it's not super complicated you can keep it in real simple terms but they're an important part of your one of the arrows you need in your quiver mm -hmm. in order, order to get your agency rolling the way you want it yeah and that'll hold you up too mm -hmm. um or it can hold you up and you got to have, have a company. Um, what is it like authorize you or, you know, yep. support, um, they would uh, sponsor you sponsor you. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, nice. Um, so is there anything else that you would say, you know, I have, so before I get into the last, is there anything else you would add? You know, one thing, um, I would say is, you should reach out, not, not just call for quotes to see what carriers that, you know, you might want to get, but I would say, try to connect with some of the uh, agents, agency owners around you. Most are pretty um, up for having some sort of mentorship or friendship, at least at minimal. Um, you know, hopefully they're not looking at somebody who's new as a competitor and, and will be willing to spend the time to help you figure out what you don't know. Um, I definitely would right now. My phone's going to, now my phone's going to blow up. Um, <laughs> that would be but... huge. If you can get that done, that would be huge. And that's one of the things that we've been really, really lucky with, with IAOA is that folks, when they find out uh, somebody's nearby or local, they're willing to reach out and help have oh, a yeah. cup of coffee. These are existing owners, keep in mind, but you know, maybe they got a challenge in a certain area. And so they keep each other accountable and it doesn't even have to be local. How many I see yeah. them every day, so and so, and they're halfway across the country. We talk on the phone, we chat, messenger, you know, texting. However, you know, they keep in touch because they met either just online through our group or at our conference in person or any other way. And uh, so, it, sometimes being independent really does mean independent, and you feel like you're on an island. So. And that was really the whole purpose of reason why I started IOA when I did is because coming from so many years on the captive side, it felt like, okay, I can run an agency, but man, I sure would like some of my questions answered. And I'd love to have them answered by guys out in the field doing it just like me, not a carrier rep. Yeah, I could call them, but doing it out in the field, you know, um, making it happen, making it rain just like me. I would love that. And so that was the whole basis of starting that. Yeah. Up. And now it's blown up into this 
huge thing. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, totally by totally by accident. It wasn't planned. Yeah, but here we are. Yeah. Keep well, um, is there anything uh, additional that you would add that somebody should keep in mind, or um, any last last thoughts on this? So I have five. The first five steps that anybody who wants to start a scratch agency should consider where they should spend their money. We've already talked about a couple of them. The first one is your CPA and attorney. That was number one, because that's early on in the game. Yeah. And these don't always, these don't all have to fall in place in order. Sometimes it can be in different orders, depending on your process and you know the progress that you make. The next number two is the get the best ENO policy you can find. And don't be afraid to spend the money there. If yeah. it's a good, good, there are bad policies out there. There are better policies. You want a better policy because that's an area I can tell you, you might think, oh, that's where I'll skimp. Mm -mm. Same as your CPA and your attorney. That's an area you do not want to skip. When you're saying um, there's better policies, are you um, referring to coverage options or are you coverage, referring uh, to carrier? Coverage options. Coverage options, okay. Yeah, and it could be carrier because of the policy form they provide, but yeah. mostly it relates to coverage options, yeah. Um, and if you don't know, there's places you can ask. There's public forums. IOA would be one of them um, that you can ask, and you'll get all kinds of expertise there. The third one is uh, new partner referrals. Um, most folks in our industry rely on referrals. In starting out, who are they going to come from? Well, eventually your own client base, but starting out, you don't have that. So mortgage lenders is number one, typically. Um, real estate partners, number two. Folks like that, maybe a financial planner or even an attorney or CPA. You gotta mm -hmm. be on a real high, higher level and probably build some experience and confidence to be able to partner with those or have those folks refer you. But you'll get to that point. So you, you need to build your pipeline for referral partners. And then number four, starting out early, you're going to need a comparative rater. You don't need a management system. You only need the rater component. The management system will help you service your current clients. You don't have those yet. So you can add that component later. Um, so don't spend that money right out of the bat. You can get them combined because there's lots of system that will combine the two. But you can buy the rater on its own yep. and start with that. Because if you end up going with a cluster or just getting appointments on your own, you got five or six you don't want to sit there manually rating companies five, five and six at no. a time, uh, and spinning your spinning your wheels, spending that much time. It's nope. it's, wa it's wasted. So don't do that. That's duplicating work. And the last thing is, and it might be number one for some folks, um, depending on again your unique situation. Save a few bucks for yourself, and if you're married, your spouse and your family. Because like I call it the grind, it can chew you up if you let it, but don't let it. You can't do that because it's hard work. Anything that's you know going to be benefit you in the, in the long run is going to be hard work. There's no magic secret pill. So take time for you. Uh, and I know you can tell a new guy this. Everybody who's been in the business five years, 10 years, they'll tell you the same thing. Yeah, I should have spent some time for, for myself. I should have stepped back. And just, you know, for just a couple hours, don't burn up 70, 80 hours a week and think you're going to do that for the next 20 years. Mm -mm, not going to happen. Yep. Not going to happen. So take time for yourself, even though you think I got to put money in the bank so I can have bread and 
milk on the table for me and my my family if that's the case i get it i totally get it but you won't stay in the business if you don't yep. so if you're in it for the long run you definitely need to take time for yourself yeah for sure and you know one thing i would say in that when you're looking at you know you're just talking about kind of how much of a grind it can be um, when you start out, especially if you're a one, one person shop where you're just starting slow and making sure that, you know, it goes the direction you want it to go. Right. Um, I would add to make sure that you know specifically what tasks that you're doing every day are the tasks that are making you money and focus on those first. Cause there's a lot of things that, you know, that we can get sidetracked with things that don't necessarily um, put money in the bank that seem important. But when you're starting out at the end of the day, really, you got to put money, put, put food on the table, you know, put money yeah. in the bank. So, you know, that goes um, back to what I said earlier. It's got to all focus on new business production. Yep. Busy. There's tons and tons of busy work. If you're a guy that just thinks you got to, you're going to be doing that kind of work because you're staying busy, but there's no quotes being had. There's no apps being written. Yeah, you're kidding yourself. So yeah, no, that's a great point. You have to focus on what's going to be uh, putting money in the bank and food on your table. No yep. question. No question. Awesome. Well, that's super great advice, Dave. I thank you so much for coming on. Um, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how can they do that? Probably the best way is on Facebook. Just hit me up on Facebook or LinkedIn. So you can just do a search for me. Um, I'm pretty much out there and easy to find. Uh, if you want an email address, you can reach me at my agency um, or IOA, either one. Um, and my agency email, um, you can post it on the, the Facebook live thread, dave at jacksoninsuranceaz.com. Dave at jacksoninsuranceaz for Arizona.com. Got it. So, yeah, Done. It is up there. Shoot me an email. I'll be happy to you know, spend some time. Um, I own a consulting company among some of my other things I do, but I don't charge for advice if you need to. But just keep this in mind. Uh, I'm not a big fan of, can I pick your brain? Um, that specific phrase for whatever reason. <laughs> but I'm all absolutely willing to give advice because here's why. And we all know this. We all make mistakes. I love Michael Jordan's, you know, if I didn't shoot enough, I'd never fail, you know? So, um, same thing with the, the batter who hits 300, you know, 700 times out of a thousand, he didn't get a hit, but so failing is part of it. And I, I, let me tell you in 40 years, anybody is bound to make a ton of mistakes. Yeah. I've seen this shiny objects just like you have. So, um, I would just like to help as many people as possible avoid those and get down the smoothest path they can. It's still going to be bumpy at times. No question. No, nothing's ever going to be perfect. We're all human beings, but if you can smooth it out a little bit and avoid some of the mistakes that you could make on your own, don't, don't be on an Island. Let people take advice, be coachable and let others help you that are willing to. And like you said, grab a mentor. Oh my gosh, that would be huge. Yeah. My, so IOA became my mentor. That's really kind of how it happened. Um, I didn't have an individual, but now I have a group of over 5,000 mentors that I, any, any given minute I can rely on and I'll have an answer back in what? 30 seconds, right? Yeah. A hundred answers. Just like a hundred <laughs> of them. 
great. It's great. So great community. You know, everybody's been very, very generous to me and very, I'm very thankful that I've been able to be a part of it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And, um, Again, so this does go out podcast format. If you have not subscribed, please do so. It's the Blip Insurance Podcast. You can find us anywhere podcasts are available. So thank you again so much, Dave. Thanks everyone for watching. You're welcome. Thanks, Josh. You bet. That's all we got for you today. Thanks, guys.